Welcome, my friends. This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. Well, for the last several weeks, we've been uh, reflecting on the question attributed to God in Genesis 32, where God says to Jacob, what is your name? And I've suggested that as Jacob wrestled that night with the angel or with God or some mysterious man, he was actually wrestling with his own shadow side and that somehow in the midst of that, God appeared and liberated Jacob from his own demons and healed him through what the Bible calls a blessing. So in this podcast, I'd like to share a little bit, some of my thoughts on what a blessing actually is. And to begin, I'll I'll quote from the wonderful Irish poet John O'Donohue, who says that a blessing is different from a greeting, a hug, a salute, or an affirmation. It opens a different door in a human encounter. One enters into the forecourt of the soul, the source of intimacy and the compass of a destiny. Now, there's several words in this beautiful line from O'Donohue that I think are significant for understanding a blessing, and they deserve a little more exploration. So they're human encounter, intimacy, soul, and destiny. One of the sources of power contained in a blessing is that it builds on some type of relationship. It's almost impossible to bless someone that you know nothing about. So relationship, connection, is really key. Now, this doesn't have to be a long-standing relationship, but some depth of personal knowledge between the blesser and the blessee is really important. In fact, a blessing is an invitation to greater intimacy in the relationship. When you bless someone, you're acknowledging that you see something of beauty within them, and you're calling that forth into actualized reality. It's like the feeling Jake Sully had in the movie Avatar when Neytiri so powerfully says to him, I see you. This kind of seeing takes the relationship to a whole new level. Now, this kind of seeing or perceiving is not done with the physical eyes, but rather with the eyes of the soul. As John O'Donohue says, when you bless another, you first gather yourself. You reach below your surface mind and personality down into the deeper source within you, namely your soul. Blessings are not given off the cuff. They require reflection and thought. And to prepare to give a blessing demands you spend some time thinking about the person you want to bless, what attributes in them that you see are really beautiful, and then planning on how to impart this observation in a soulful way. A true blessing speaks to the destiny of the one being blessed. Blessings have pure agency because they animate on the deepest threshold between being and becoming. They, be, they mine the territory of memory and awaken to draw forth possibilities that we cannot even begin to imagine. Now, to have transformative power, blessings must be rooted in what is already authentically resident in this other person. They can't be fabricated. You just can't make up something that sounds pretty for a blessing. If what you're calling forth from the one you are blessing isn't already there in embryonic form, the blessing won't 
connect. It, it doesn't have anything to hold on to. So let me offer you this working definition of what a blessing is. For me, a blessing is simply calling attention into a particularly special characteristic or quality in someone you love and encouraging that trait into greater realization. Additionally, embedded within a blessing is the transformative power to heal old wounds, reframe past failures, and complete what is yet undone in our lives. So I'm suggesting that night God blessed Jacob and healed him as they wrestled. And I've seen the power of blessing in numerous hospice patients over the years. For example, I first remember when I met Imogen. She'd been a hospice patient for several months and lived with her daughter, Bonnie, in a very small trailer. She slept alone on a little cot in the midst of a forest of unread paperback books and magazines, and Bonnie slept on a little cot next to her mother. Less than five feet tall and weighing less than 80 pounds, Imogen was uh, still an intimidating personality. She was very precise in what she liked and didn't like, and she let everybody know it. Now, normally on my visits, Imogen talked nonstop almost with great bravado, recounting familiar stories of her broken marriages, her four children, her years of unfulfilling work, her in-your-face life philosophy, her unrealized dreams, and her indomitable spirit. Three sons lived out of the area and out of Imogen's life. Bonnie was left to faithfully provide the constant care that Imogen now needed. Now, maybe it was the cramped quarters, or maybe it was the pain of Imogen's cancer, or maybe it was just too many years of toiling at tedious, unrewarding work. But in the months I'd known Imogen, I'd seen how she and Bonnie could get out on each other's nerves. On one of my visits, Bonnie was out running some errands, and so I was alone with Imogen. Uncharacteristically, Imogen shared in a vulnerable manner the underside of her life narrative, her, her shadow side. She told me how she had been an unmarried teenager and became pregnant with Bonnie, and so she had to drop out of high school and was never able to formally complete her education. Now, this was a defining experience in Imogen's life. Believing she was exceptionally gifted intellectually but unable to gain the formal recognition, she had to settle for a less-than life. And I wondered if this was why she occasionally made little digs about Bonnie's appearance. Well, now that's the backstory. I honestly don't know how or why, but on a subsequent visit with these two ladies in that stuffed little travel trailer, I was witness to a miracle. Everything started off as usual. I asked Imogen if she was in any pain. Oh, no more than usual, she said. And she added, but I know, know I'm getting close to the end. And it's okay. The bravado was absent as she began to tenderly recount the same stories I'd heard on so many previous visits. And the bitterness and the frustration over unfulfilled opportunities was mysteriously gone. I was even more amazed as Imogen began to praise Bonnie, who was sitting right next to her. You know, I love my son, she said, but Bonnie's the one who really loves me and has come to care for me when I really needed her. She is an awesome daughter, and I am so proud of her. 
And then Bonnie chimed in, Mom, I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of the way you never stopped learning. You couldn't go back to school, but you never stopped learning. And you taught us all the importance of education. You didn't let anything stop you. You got us all through. I remained in hushed silence as for almost an hour these two beautiful broken souls spoke words of love and acceptance to each other, expressing deep words of appreciation for what was so special and unique in the other. It was a miracle. When wounded souls bless each other, it always is. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say both Imogen and Bonnie experienced healing even as Imogen was dying. And healing is one of the most important opportunities in a blessing. As always, thanks so much for allowing me into your world for these few moments on your journey today. As we get ready to say goodbye to 2020, if you're like me, you may say good riddance to 2020, but as we prepare for 2021, it's my prayer that you will experience some blessing in your own life this year and some healing as well. And as a closing thought, I'd like to share with you a beautiful definition of the word healing that I came across. It's by a lady named Jean Achterberg. And she describes the concept of healing like this. Healing is a lifelong journey into wholeness, seeking harmony and balance in one's own life, in family, community, and global relations, an instant of transcendence above and beyond the self, embracing what is most feared, opening what has been closed, softening what has been hardened into obstruction, creativity and passion and love, seeking and expressing life in its fullness, its light and shadow, its male and female, remembering what has been forgotten about connection and unity and interdependence among all things living and non-living, learning to trust life. May this be so for you in the coming year.